Welcome to Life in Purple, providing you with the latest from women entrepreneurs, amazing mums, human interest stories and celebrity guests. Your host, Laura Sprague, discusses women's topics such as success, empowerment, perseverance, lifestyle and much more. Laura also offers a fun and unique perspective while providing listeners with valuable tips on how to successfully conquer the many issues women may face. Come experience your life in purple. And now, here's your host, the life coach with the most, Laura Sprague. Hello, Lip Talk Nation. Welcome to Life in Purple. I'm your host, Laura Sprague, and thank you so much for listening to this special episode. We are doing a two-part series with a dynamic power couple, and I can't wait to share their unique perspective on marriage and success. Thank you so much, Lip Talk Nation, for your support. I am so honored and excited to be your host. On our most recent episode, we had Sonia Thompson who is the first episode of our two-part series on love, marriage, and success. And today, you get to hear from her husband as he will share his side of the story of how they balance life and marriage. If you haven't had a chance to catch our previous episodes, visit liptalknation.com and there you'll find more resources such as my blog, coaching, and much, much more for you to live a life in purple. On our show today, we have part two of our series on love, marriage, and success. Dave Thompson is an entrepreneur, husband, father, mentor, and a friend to many. He is going to be sharing his side of the story of how he has conquered life's obstacles and also get his perspective on how husbands can love their wives and also be a more successful person. Dave is in pursuit of ever-increasing freedom and in love with his bride, Sonia, who was our guest last week. He has the unique ability to make a person feel like a million bucks, all the while adding value to each person he meets. Dave wants to do his part to make the world a better place to live. Welcome to the show, Dave. How are you today? I am wonderful, Laura. Thank you so much. I love your energy, and I'm just honored uh, to be here with you. Well, I'm honored that you're on the show with us, Dave. I know that you have exciting things happening very soon. you got a new grandbaby on the way, and so I appreciate your time, and I admire you so much. So, like I said, I'm super excited to have you on the show, Dave. We've had the opportunity to do a few music projects together back in the day, and I've always been a huge fan of your work. You and Sonia are certainly that powerhouse couple, and I can't wait to to share your side of the story. So before we get started, will you share with us your side of the story as far as where you're from and how you got your start with your J-O-B? <laughs> sure, I'd be glad to do that. Um, I was born in Saginaw, Michigan, and uh, my dad is a pastor, and so uh, I grew up in the church, and that was really the only industry that I was exposed to. And from a very early age, I never really thought of any other kind of possibilities. I suppose I, I, when I was really little, I wanted to be a cowboy. I, I did want to do that. But uh, as I grew up, I just sort of uh, comfortable with the church setting and so forth. And so I thought that's uh, where I would go. And as I continued down through my life, I, 
I was uh, constantly being affirmed in that setting, especially as it had to do with music and so forth. And so I had a 25-year career in church music ministry, and it was very... Uh, it was very rich in many ways, had some amazing experiences. And so that's where I got my start in the whole J-O-B world, as you say. And that has played into uh, many other things that I've been able to do going on up, and, up until the point. Now, I'm not in music ministry anymore, um, but that is something that definitely will always be a part of my story. Wow, Dave, you are a, an inspiration to myself, and we're going to get into the meat of your story in just a second. But I, again, I love how you even wanted to be a cowboy when you were little. That is so fun because we forget sometimes those dreams that we had when we were a kid. So even though maybe you're not necessarily a cowboy, I know that you are living out in the West now. So maybe you are really quote unquote, fulfilling your childhood dream. So that's really awesome. So I asked uh, the question to Sonia, but I want your perspective too, on what were the early years of your marriage like, say the first 10 years or so? <laughs> Busy with a capital B. <laughs> um, we, uh, Sonia and I, okay, so when we got married, um, we had been asked to travel and represent uh, the college that we uh, had gone to. And so we were married. We went on a honeymoon and then came back and started training for this uh, job as representatives of this college. And so we went uh, just right out on the road in this van, just the two of us driving across the country. We spent two years doing that. And so that was absolutely awesome and had its own way of just helping us get to know each other and, and helping us uh, resolve our, you know, little problems and get to know each other. And then we started having babies and we had five children in seven years. And so that is just a busy life in itself. The college that I worked at was very demanding time-wise. You know, there it was just, there was uh, just never enough time to get done all the things that we wanted to do and so forth. And so we were just busy, busy, busy. Um, and that's how I would describe our first 10 years. I wish, looking back, is it okay if I, if I have some regrets here? Is that okay? Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, you know, we always say this. I wish I had known then what I know now. I wish, I wish that I had valued Sonia's wisdom and her opinion more in those days. She's always been very wise in our relationship and has been the, the coach and the architect of our relationship. She listens to her heart, and um, I didn't understand how extremely valuable that was. But they were good years. Uh, they were years filled with memories of the children, and Sonia really put up with a lot as far as she took on a heavy, heavy workload um, in order to just do everything that um, a wife and a mom needs to do in that situation. Um, but definitely good years, but capital B busy. 
capital B busy. Okay, Lip Talk Nation, you probably can relate. Many of you probably have had that many kids, which is super awesome, by the way, Dave. You and Sonia are rock stars. Having five kids in seven years and then having a demanding job certainly can, you can get caught up in that word with that capital B and miss moments. But I love your vulnerability. Like you said, living life with little regret is just looking back on the things that you could have done differently. But you are now, I believe, implementing what you could have done now. So I love how you respect your wife even then and how she said, how you said that she was the coach and the architect of the house. And that gave me goosebumps because your support towards her is what the listeners need to hear, that we need to be supporting each other. I asked Sonia that question about appreciation and support, and she said it is huge to be able to support each other. So you're an awesome musician, Dave, and I know that was part of your journey and part of your demanding job was being a musician, and, and I have been inspired by you, and you've inspired so many other people. Everyone I know several years ago thought that music was going to always be what you did. So what was it that caused you to take a step back and ask yourself what you were supposed to do and what you're supposed to be doing the rest of your life, and at what point in your marriage? Wow, that's a, that's a great question, because I, I would have agreed with everybody that, you know, I was music. That's, that's in my community. That's what I was known for. And so, um, really it's related to our, the rest of our life. So I loved my music career, but it was extremely tied to a very particular religious group. Okay. A camp, we sometimes call it. And when my growth trajectory, my life growth trajectory strayed from the the path of that camp, then I also I also was faced with this uh, of th- that all of my contacts, any of my uh, job relationships, sort of things, required um, that you you be you know a camp supporter, um, and I'm using that term loosely, and so. I really sort of grew my way out of the possibility of continuing in that career. Looking back, Laura, again, a great career, and I learned so much in that. But looking back, and this will come up in the rest of our interview, I'm sure, I'm a person who, in my immaturity, lived looking for validation and looking outside of myself for that validation. And so my, my job, I think I really ended up in a music career largely because that's where I was validated and affirmed, right? So in this, in this little pond, you know, I would get up and sing or play piano or do something, and that's where you got all the pats on the back and the little old lady smiling at you, and every, everything seemed happy when that was happening. And so I sort of ended up there, not really by strategic choice, but just like, ooh, this makes me feel good. And so we were in Kansas City. We were helping with a church plant there. And when uh, it became obvious that we were, were finished with that particular chapter in our careers, it, it was just uh, time to step away from that. And I just wasn't interested in looking for anything else in what I call the church industry. And so I started looking somewhere else. Sometimes it, it, it feels like there wasn't a whole lot of uh, 
strategy that went into it, um, the afterthought is that it's, it really was a good thing. Dave, you pointed out something that I think that a lot of people struggle with. I know personally that I struggle with it too. And you were looking outside of yourself for validation. So the industry that you were in, you were constantly being fed. Oh, you're doing a great job. Can you do this? You're doing a great job. Can you do that? And it continued on and it piled on to you. And I know that I was looking for validation from someone else. And and, um, and that can really weigh a person down for myself. I experienced depression because I didn't know how to talk to myself in that valid, you know, in a positive way. And that's what mm-hmm. life in purple is all about. I want people to know how to talk to themselves, Dave. And uh, we're going to get farther down in the questions and ask you about how you talk to yourself. But I am so curious now how Sonia's support was um, strategic for you to continue growing. I know that you ended up in the ER during that time in your life and you had several things going on and you're so humble and and gracious to share your story. So I want to know what Sonia's support meant to you. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as being humble and gracious to share, I I feel like I have no other choice. It's kind of therapy for me to share. I've Sonia has discovered that she's an introvert. I've discovered that I'm an extrovert, which in our early marriage, we would have flipped that around, right? We both would have thought the opposite. But I actually am fueled by talking with other people. And and so I actually, at one point, traveled the country with my family. And when I would stand up to speak in these churches after we had sung, I would share about this experience um, which was, uh, you know, anxiety and depression that, that came uh, at this certain point in my life. And I'm going to, and Sonia did definitely support me through that. But that was uh, a period of time that wasn't, um, I wouldn't want to do it again, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. It even commenced with this dramatic moment of me being on stage singing, and maybe you were in the audience, Laura, I can't remember. But, you know, singing in front of 5,000 people on, on television and uh, the anxiety overwhelmed me where I, I couldn't even finish the song. I was suddenly just scared. I was just scared. All these, uh, this uh, adrenaline was pumping through my body and I was just filled with fear and I just had to excuse myself and walk off stage and, and my life ended right there. I mean, <laughs> I just thought... This is awful. This is just terrible. I can't imagine anything worse. I had always been able to find the strength to push on, to push through, to rise up. And now all of a sudden, there was a song that we used to sing in church, and it had the phrase, the arm of flesh will fail you. And that just kept ringing in my ears. Oh, my goodness. I I have found the end of my strength. This is it. Uh, I've come to it. And so we didn't understand what was going on. At, at that point, you know, my view of myself was that I was a bunch of separate individuals. I was a physical individual, an emotional individual, a spiritual individual, and a mental individual. And I, I didn't understand that all those go together. I thought they were separate. So, you know, if you're sick, you just take uh, a pill, you know, and if you're emotionally distraught, you go see a therapist and, you know, like that. They're all connected, so your health is one big ball of yarn that runs together, and and it has to be treated that way. So we didn't know that, and this was the beginning of our learning that. And so here I am, as we say, in a heap on the floor, literally, just in the living room on the floor, just balled up and and just praying and, and 
wondering what is going to happen with me. And uh, Sonia's uh, devotion, love, and support were never a question, just never a question. And uh, it was remarkable the depths that I sunk to, and she was just always there, always positive, always hopeful, always helping me look for answers. Okay, first of all, I am in awe with you right now, Dave, and I'm sure the listeners right now are really empathizing with you with what you went through. Dave, I was not there in the congregation when the event that you talked about, but I heard about it because you were such such a, a figure to so many people on the campus. Like you said, it was over 5,000 people and plus being on television, and you came to a moment where you had anxiety, and I want Lip Talk Nation to know that anxiety is such a real thing, and it can hit anyone. And I know that many people that I used to be connected with don't believe that it's a thing. And I love how you, (laughs) yeah, like it's almost funny now because once you've experienced Dave, like I have too, I've had many anxiety attacks in the past. And I loved how you said that the whole body is connected emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally, even. And once you realize that your journey began differently. It was a beautiful thing. And and I love how you keep supporting Sonia throughout this whole thing, how she was your rock. And I want to know if there's a specific thing that she did moving forward. Do you have any tips for people as well who are going through a transition in life? Wow, I do. I think it's a huge opportunity. In our relationship, Sonia has been my rock emotionally, and I've had to be her rock physically. She's she's emotionally very strong and has almost never needed me to step in beside her. But physically, she's had challenges all along the way. I think she might have told the story on your interview with her of going into labor early with our fifth child, and she was on bed rest for 20 weeks and so forth. So through the years, I've been there for her in that way. And here's what I find in those transition points, in those difficulties, we have the opportunity to demonstrate our care and concern for each other in a way that we don't get that opportunity in just when everything is going along fine. And so when I think about Sonia and my love for her, all of that comes from our experience together and that the depths of that experience are when I needed her most. And for her, the depths of her experience with me are when she needed me most and I'm there for her. So it's a huge opportunity. And I just encourage when you get to be the strong one, (laughs) right? When you get to be the strong one in the relationship, you could let it go to pride. Like what's wrong with this other person? Why do I always have to carry them? Or you could let it, or you could let it go to gratitude. I'm grateful for this opportunity to prove just how much I love this person and just how My love is not conditional. You just put it in such a great perspective for the listeners and for myself by using that word opportunity. So that's ringing right now, resonating with me. So Lip Talk Nation, that word opportunity. And I would love for you to also write down the word perspective that you can be each other's rock instead of turning it into pride and asking the question, why do I have to always be there for that person? And it really is about humbling yourself, Dave. So that opportunity, that word is so strong so that you can 
demonstrate, and you previously you, you talked about the word, or you mentioned the word maturity as well. So it isn't about what you get out of the relationship, but it's about also what you give to your spouse. Oh my goodness, you just gave me goosebumps, Dave. Oh, I'm so excited. I asked Sonia this, this next question too, but again, I want your perspective, our keyword. Now that your kids are out of the house, did you have to go through a reconnection time or a get to know each other again period and how do you stay connected to each other emotionally now oh great question we have talked about this issue from the beginning of our marriage we didn't want that to happen we did not want to grow you know when you're dating and she slides all the way across the before they had bucket seats that bench seat in the front you know she would sit right next to you and then then there'd be one one car seat, two car seats. <laughs> Before there were car seats, and and then the kids leave, and she's all the way on the other side of the car, and and you say, what what's driven us apart? You know, oh, it was the children. But we didn't want that to happen, so we've intentionally done our best to keep our honeymoon going. You know, for 27 years. However, having children, having five children in their lives, you know, and being invested in that definitely. Uh, uses up bandwidth, so to speak. So as the nest emptied out over the last, I guess, 24 months or so, and our lives have transitioned dramatically, yes, we still definitely work through. So, so we're more together. We spend more time together, which means that there's more opportunity for love and affection. There's also more opportunity to get on each other's nerves. And so we have to work through those things. And I'll tell you a quick story that happened on our, I say our honeymoon, but it's, it's, it's actually our first, first week or so out in the van when we were, when we were representing the college that we um, attended. We got into uh, a spat, and I can't remember what it was about. It was probably something stupid, and it was probably my immaturity that caused it. I think it had something to do with a map, directions, uh, you know, that was before Siri and, and GPS navigation, so Sonia was the navigator and whatever, and I, prob- I got bent out of shape. And I remember just going silent, and, like, she's, like, literally a foot 12 inches away from me in this other seat, and I, I just go silent, you know, I'm just not going to talk anymore. Yeah, like, like, how long is that sustainable? And I had no no plan in mind for where that was going to end. And finally, this, uh, this new genius, this new relationship genius that I'm now married to says to me, you know, we can't, we have to talk about this at some point. We can't go on forever just not talking about this, which was a whole new concept for me. But uh, somehow I got over myself and accepted that she was right and that, yeah, that does make sense. That's the only way we can move forward is to actually converse about this. So we do our best, even if there are fireworks, uh, um, a little bit of a quarrel, even if that happens, we do our best to quickly say, you know what, I'm sorry for my part in that. And when you're ready, I really would like to discuss this so that we can figure out what happened, how to avoid it, and and how to solve it, and how to assure each other of our love going forward. So we're pretty verbal, and that does help. I I can't imagine for someone who's way less verbal, it's probably probably even more of a challenge to just force yourself out there and say, hey, let's discuss this. Let's share about this and figure out what happened. 
Okay, Dave, I'm trying not to laugh just so I can give uh, Lip Talk Nation the opportunity to hear your story, but it is so true, and I love how you was, you're very vulnerable right now in admitting that maybe it, it was a little bit of immaturity on your part, but you just gave something tangible for Lip Talk Nation to do when they do get into those fireworks, like you say, when you can get onto each other's nerves, and you said what Sonia actually told you that first week of marriage we have to talk about this sometime (laughs) moving forward and it's funny Dave but it's so true lip talk nation you have to talk about things I'm a firm believer if you don't talk about things Dave oh my goodness you start suppressing and it will manifest somewhere else in the relationship or in your body so to have that healthy relationship and and to reconnect I I love that story that you just shared but you also mentioned at the beginning of the answer Dave you were totally intentional and that's the same word Sonia used you have to be intentional to not let that honeymoon phase to um, end basically you didn't want Sonia to gradually move farther and farther away from you as the kids um, you began having more kids because a lot of times couples can say it's all about the kids and I don't want to put that down however when a couple is married it should be about each other first then the kids so um, I really appreciate this story very actionable tangible step that we all can take right here lip talk nation we have to talk about things so true okay Dave many of our listeners are entrepreneurs of all kinds and I get asked this question so often how do I handle failure so I would love for you to answer that same question or maybe what is your perspective of failure and how do you handle it Hmm. another great question and this is something that I'm working on right now in fact Sonia and I've had a deep discussion on this in the last 10 days and I had the privilege of hearing a podcast I listened to a Tony Robbins podcast and that he was asked the same question on an interview and uh, it was just so fascinating. And I, I, I was able to just see through his sharing how important it is, how very, very important it is to see failure as your friend. The way that life works is that we fail, we fail, we fail, we learn, we fail, we learn, we fail, we learn, we succeed. And you watch a little baby, you know, learning how to crawl, and they'll fail, 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 fail until they finally learn. And so I am intentionally, when I have a failure, I am intentionally now on my best days actually like rejoicing, like putting my hands up in this victorious stance, like, yes, this, I'm, I'm learning something right here. And that is so, so hard for me to do. I'm that guy that if I forget my pen or I forget my notebook that I like to have with me or the other, we took a trip to Utah a couple of weeks ago and I forgot my key fob for my car. And I still had my key. I had everything that I needed. There was no problem, but I like to have my key fob in my pocket so that I can unlock the doors and I don't have this big clunky key in my pocket. It's just something I like to do. And we got three or four hours down the road Uh, And I realized I had forgotten that key fob. And I am not kidding you. I sat there contemplating, should I turn around and go back for this key fob? Like, I I could see myself thinking this. And I'm just, so so when you say failure, see, I failed to follow my little 
programmed so I make sure not to leave the house with my key fob, without my key fob. And so failure is a part of learning. And we have to, we have to let failure drive us to gratitude. If we can get our mindset to let failure drive us to gratitude, in a state of gratitude, um, fear and anger cannot exist. Those are our biggest enemies. So in a state of gratitude, fear and anger cannot exist. And failure drives us, typically drives people to anger, right, and, or some other negative emotion. So on my best days, Laura, uh, failure is not failure. It's, it's simply the process of learning. I rejoice in it. I learn from it. I fix whatever I know is wrong, and I move forward. Dave, you just gave us a lot of nuggets right there. In fact, three of them I want to point out because I'm right there with you. And it's uh, when we can realize, like you said, when you were listening to Tony Robbins and in your journey in the past 10 days of what failure really means. And I love how you said, okay, so it's four things that you have to see failure as your friend. So that's number one, Lip Talk Nation. I hope you write this down. Failure. You have to see failure as your friend. But then what you did and what you said right after that is that you now am practicing holding your hands up in the air and rejoicing and saying, I am learning something right now. And Dave, I have to point this out because you, you probably already know this, but I want to point it out to the listeners. When you hold your arms up in the air, you are practicing your willpower as well because your willpower has a muscle memory. And so Dave, you just gave me goosebumps on that one. So number three, you said, we have to let failure drive us to gratitude. And that's one of the first steps in my method and Lip Talk Nation's method, Life and Purple's method of conquering depression. You have to let fail your drive us to gratitude. So it's really about gratitude. And then number four, you said in a state of gratitude, fear and anger cannot exist. And that right there, maybe if this is the only episode you listen to, friends, that is exactly what you need to know. In a state of gratitude, fear and anger cannot exist. So you just got me really going right there, Dave, because I'm very passionate about this and you just nailed it. Oh my goodness, Dave. Thank Thank you. And those who are listening, go ahead and hit rewind, listen to it again, and write those four points down that Dave just said. All right, Dave, thank you so much for sharing your story and being vulnerable with us. And it's time now to move to the part of the show where we get to know you on a fun level. So we call this our lightning round. The questions are simple, easy to answer. I did this with Sonia too, and I can't wait to hear your answers. So all you got to do is answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. If you, Dave, could have a superpower, what would it be? Invisibility. Oh, invisibility. I love that on so many levels. (laughs) How do you like your coffee? (laughs) Um, Cheap. Um, I do it in a variety of different ways. Uh, Mm -hmm. if, If it's good quality coffee, then I just drink it just, you know, just black. But uh, there's nothing like a good creamy cup of coffee, and I, I don't go much in for the for the foo foo coffees, you know, with all the, the stuff in it. No, not that's not me. Lip Talk Nation, Dave Thompson does not go for the foo-foo coffees. Check it out right there. If it's quality coffee, it's black. Boom. And, of course, you like a good creamy coffee. I love it. All right. This question never gets old to me, but are you willing to share with us your most embarrassing moment? This is a tough one. 
This is a tough one for me because as a person who's up in front of a lot of people often and very comfortable there, you get past embarrassment. Like when things happen that make you look bad, you make something out of them. I just, I don't have one that comes to mind. I would share it if I, if I thought of it. I'm sure that there are other people who would say, you should be embarrassed about this, this, and this. But I'm just not. <laughs> uh, no, you know what, Dave? I am. I understand what you're saying because I am the same way, and that's why I ask people what their embarrassing mm-hmm. moments are. Because I personally don't get embarrassed very easily. However, I'm sure after saying this, people are going to try to embarrass us, Dave. Just FYI, be prepared. Yes. Be prepared. Yes. Okay. What is your favorite? I probably need it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yes, we need it, right? What is your favorite book? Favorite book, I would have to say, is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Uh-huh. I love it. Seven Habits of Highly yes. Successful People. It's a very good book. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not a huge reader, and let me qualify that. I, I love information. I just like it in bullet points. So if I hear of a good book, I will go find a review and read the review of that book. And Sonia is constantly reading. She's a voracious reader. And so I'll come home and say, tell me about what you read, and she'll tell me all about it. So I absolutely love information. I'll, I, watch, I watch TED Talks all the time. I watch YouTube videos. I, I, I love to get my information, but I, I don't typically get it in book form. Oh, my goodness. I so can relate to this. I love bullet points as well. So, boom, mm-hmm. there you go, Lip Talk Nation. Seven Habits of a Highly Successful Person, Highly Effective People. Um, what is your favorite movie, Dave? Jason Bourne. Oh. All of them. My husband would say yes. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Favorite color? Blue. Blue. Also as well, husband. Ha. All right, Dave, you did a great job on the lightning round. Thank you so much for letting us get to know you Thank on you. a very fun level. So I have a morning routine, which includes things such as positive affirmations and uh, scripture reading, meditations. And I asked your wife this, and I loved her answer, but I am so curious of if you do any positive affirmations in your morning routine or what does it look like for you? Yes, I'm religious about my morning routines. I'm also creative, so it changes uh, from time to time, the one that I've been doing recently, I did, I did kind of pick up from Tony Robbins as well. And what it includes is, uh, first of all, uh, some breathing, just some deep breathing and, 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 um, and explosive exhale just to get the body awake, a cold plunge or a cold shower just to wake up the nerves. And then we do... Um, gratitudes, three things to be grateful for. One of them um, should always be something very simple like a flower or the smile or the laugh of a child, something that is just extremely simple and basic to life. Then I do a blessing, which is basically I imagine I imagine the uh, source of life re-infusing all of the original information back into my body. You know, I'm living in this world that has toxins and it, it's uh, contaminated and kind of falling apart just a little bit and my body is in that world. But the information originally was perfect and it was created in perfection and that information still exists you know, in our bodies. Uh, the, the atoms that make up our bodies are 99% just energy, just space. There's, no, there's nothing there. We can't even scientists don't even know what it is. And I imagine that to be information, original information. 
And so I just imagine that uh, getting reset, restarted, and just cleansing my body and purifying my body. And then I see that swirling out to Sonia, and I see it swirling out to my children, and then out from there to friends and relatives and people that I know and love and out to the whole world. And then I finish with outcomes. I imagine three outcomes. And I bring my, my goal is, I can't always do this, but I try really hard to bring my emotional state to what I will feel like when these outcomes have happened. What will it be like? For instance, there's a particular set of, a particular pair of, pair of hiking boots that I want right now. And so I imagine where those hiking boots will be, will be kept I imagine them there in that little cabinet, and I see them, and they're there, and it makes me smile, and I just enjoy that feeling of that coming to pass and that outcome. So that's, that's my routine right now. I will say that that's only been fairly recently, and before that, one of the most impactful things that I did is I made an I am list, an I am list. I just made it on my phone, and I found myself adding to it, and basically realizing what we believe impacts us, right? Whether it's true or not. If you believe, Laura, today that when you go out at some point you're going to stub your toe, you're going to live your life differently today if you believe that. doesn't matter whether you stub your toe or not. If you believe that you're going to, then you will live differently. You might not run in the park. You might not take your shoes off and run in the grass. You might, you'll constantly be looking over your shoulder. You'll be, you'll be more aware of dangers around you and focused on pain and that sort of thing. And so when I started to get a hold of this principle and realize, hey, wait a minute, why don't I choose to believe things that are going to be most likely to be healthy and wholesome? You know, why don't I, why don't I choose those things to believe? And so I started then to make this I am list to believe the things that I want, that I choose to believe about myself, right? Because Circumstances we can't control, but perception we can. We have complete control over perception. So I choose to believe that I am wealthy, that I am uh, attractive, that I am um, generous and kind and patient and long-suffering and that uh, I am a professional and that I am resilient and that I am humble and that I am uh, persistent. So I have this whole list and each day when I start, I still do that. I write the date in my journal, and then I say, I am, dot, 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 and then I just sit for a moment and think and, and see what comes to me. And if nothing comes to me, I'll go to that list and read back through it. And every once in a while, I still add something to that list. Based on what I'm thinking in my life, like if, if I notice a problem with my thinking or, or some habitual negative thought pattern that's coming back into my life, I'll figure out, you know, what is the root of that, and then what's the positive, what is the, the antidote, the positive antidote, and I'll take that word, and that becomes part of my I am list. Dave, you just gave a lot more uh, valuable tips right here for a morning routine. I, I, it's not like I want somebody to mimic you know, anyone's routine because everybody should have their own routine that, that they set themselves up for success. But you gave a lot of nuggets with your gratitude statements and your blessing statements and your outcome statements. That's such a great way. See, again, it's bullet points. I love it. And then you had, right? And then even in your I am statements, you put it on your phone and it is bullet points. And, and that is so beautiful. 
beautiful. Why not speak into your life what is healthy and what is good over top of your life? And like you said, I really want to point this out to Lip Talk Nation. We do have habitual negative thoughts, Dave. It it does come up. And so that's an old muscle memory that we got to redo. And you're doing the right thing. And what is the source of that? What is the root of that negative thought? And then you attach a positive a positive thought, a positive action, a positive statement to that, Dave. Wow, such great tips right there for a morning routine. Okay, Dave, it has been an honor having you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing sharing your inspiration with me and Lip Talk Nation. So will you share with the listeners where we can find out more from you and Sonia, especially your Facebook page? Please, please connect with us. We love having friends. We just feel like that Connecting with others is such a great way to enjoy, get the most possible out of life. So on Facebook, you can find me as Sonya's David, S-O-N-Y-A-S-D-A-V-I-D. I am Sonya's David. And then Sonya and I have a page, too, that is Ever Increasing Freedom. No spaces, just Facebook.com slash Ever Increasing Freedom. If you just search Facebook for Sonya's David and Ever Increasing Freedom, you'll definitely find our pages. There you go, Lip Talk Nation. you got to follow them because they are very inspirational, Dave and Sonia Thompson. Oh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, Dave. Thank you once again for spending time with us on Life in Purple, where the broken can heal and the successful can conquer. It's been a pleasure hearing your story and letting our listeners glean value from your experience. Lip Talk Nation, if you have enjoyed today's episode or one of our previous episodes, especially especially last week's episode, I would love to hear from you. If you haven't had a chance to download my new book yet, How to Face Your Fears and Live a Life with Passion, go to www.liptalklearn.com and you can download that book for free, which is normally a $29 value and you also get for a bonus a workbook that is included. We appreciate you and we'll see you soon. And as always, what you say is what you become.